Please welcome to the podcast, Branford native, former Guelph Storm player, former U of G player and champion of both of them, Mark Stevens. Well, how's it going? Going well. Thanks a lot for having me on, boy. It's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. So we decided to save the talk for the podcast. I mean, so um, you obviously were behind me when I almost got T-boned at the University <laughs> of Guelph. Yeah, yeah. But what was your view like from that? Yeah, no, I was just saw you drifting over in the lane. I was like, this might not be good. And then uh, the uh, head on a swivel by you there pulled it out just in time, but uh, it could have been bad. Well, they, they braked, yeah, they braked it. I was just like, zoom out of there. <laughs> yeah, agility. But I kind of, but, uh, you don't know what to do. So, like, I kind of braked. I was like, wait, I can't break. Like, I kind of get out of here. <laughs> like, because you, you know what I mean? You kind of panic. So, I kind of braked. And then I was like, oh, man. And then I, like, stepped on the gas and jolted out of there. Of course, yeah. No, it was uh, some quick twitch muscle there. I could tell you're an athlete behind the wheel. <laughs> Out of trouble. <laughs> but so the story that I saved for you and on the air is today. And that I drove, I was coming down a hill in like the country, country road. And I was on the phone with my uncle and then my buddy in the car. We're coming home from practice. Yeah. So I'm on the phone with my uncle because he came to watch the practice. Wherever, so we're talking. But I'm holding it like this while driving, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going my hill, like it's a steep hill. So like you could go pretty fast, but I'm breaking down the hill. I'm like maybe like 10 over, but I'm breaking down it. Right. So I'm, and then I get down to the speed limit. So I'm not really worried. Like I'm going a little bit over, but like, fine. Right. Nothing you're going to get in trouble for. Yeah. And I was breaking the whole way down, but I have still have my hand up. So we pass this cop and then we pass a cop with my hand up with the phone. And I'm like, Oh, like oh, this boy. isn't good. And he's like, Oh, 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 Oh. Whatever. So we come up to our turn, which isn't that far past the cop. And we turn and we're looking and the cop like hasn't moved, right? So we're like, we're good, we're good. Mm-hmm. We cross the bridge, turn on the highway, like uh like not a big highway, just two lane highway. Turn yeah. on to it. The guy hadn't moved, all of a sudden he's like behind us, like right behind us. He caught <laughs> all the way back up. So I'm like, Oh no, like I tell my uncle, I was like, Okay, like the cop's back, like we should probably go. Like he's like, Okay, like see so no. I hang up and I'm off the phone now, right? I'm like, oh, man, like, this isn't good. This isn't good. It goes from 80 to a 60 at that spot. So I'm like, oh, man, like, I need to slow down. He's right on me. Like, he's so close to me, the cop, so close to behind me, like, where I felt the urge to, like, need to speed up. Like, he was that close to me. <laughs> so I'm kind of, like, speeding up. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm speeding right now. Like, I got to slow down. He's right behind me. Like, so I'm like, I can't slam on the brake. Like, he was so close to me that he would have to slam on his brakes and he still might, like, hit me. So whatever. I'm like, okay, Come I'll on. slow down. So I'm slowly, slowly, slowly slowing down. I'm getting to like five over, 10 over. Like I'm at 10 over slowly. All of a sudden his arm goes up to the top. And I'm like, uh-oh. Like that's where they turn on their lights, right? I'm like, that's where they turn on the lights, right? At the top? He's yeah. Like, yeah, like that's where they like I'm like, uh-oh. He just sits there with his arm at the top. Like a good- This guy's just toying with you. A good 15, 20 <laughs> seconds. His arm's at the top. I'm like- I'm not even watching the road. I'm just watching this with see if I'm, I'm, and I was telling Nate Keith, like at this point, I'm like waiting for him to turn his lights on. You know what I mean? Yeah, just pull yourself over at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm waiting. <laughs> so I'm stressed. Just wait, I'm just like so stressed. I'm just waiting. I'm thinking like, I'm just thinking like, I'm waiting for him to pull over. Like, I'm going to tell him like, I wasn't on my phone. Like I clearly couldn't have been texting. Like it was too close to my face. Yeah. Like I clearly was on the phone and I was like, I'm just thinking, I was going to tell him, like, I was just on speaker phone. Like I didn't have it on my ear. I just sh- shouldn't have been holding it. Like hoping he would let me off. Right. I'm just thinking like, hopefully he'll let me off. Oh, I wasn't like, it wasn't yeah. terrible. 
So I'm just like waiting for him to pull me over. He sits for a good 15, 20 seconds with his hands up, hands up. I'm still like slowing down, slowing down. I get to like the speed limit five under. Finally takes his <laughs> arm down. I'm like, his arm's down, his arm's down. I think we're good. I think we're good. So then we go up to our the light and I'm like, okay, okay. He We are turning right. He pulls up beside us. So I'm just like straight forward. Like, <laughs> looking. So I think he went to want, really wanted to check if I still had like a phone up or something. Yeah. It was a red light. So we were there for a second and then I was able to turn right and he went straight. Oh my gosh. It was wow. so, so stressful. What a beauty move by the cop. Honestly, like kind of a Not good a- learning <laughs> lesson. Like, like uh, instead yeah. of getting a ticket and losing a couple points for being on your phone, like kind of gives you a little scare. It's in the back of your head next time and mm. wake up, yeah, drop a little warning. So <laughs> that like would been heated though. That was my fourth time. Like you're literally just sitting there, like, is he is he gonna pull me over? Like, is he gonna pull me over? His arms just up. Like, his, it wasn't like his arms like, his arms up, like just sitting. There. Yeah. Like he was probably holding. Like, is there a handle at the top? Because he was definitely holding on to it. If there was, <laughs> like, just sitting there. Like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know if he's waiting for me to do something. Like, the cops are gonna know your name soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know. This is, we're not posting a clip of this. This is just going in the episode. But, yeah. <laughs> yo. <laughs> stressful story all right hopefully that doesn't incriminate me that doesn't incriminate yeah. me, does. exposing yourself in the, the podcast yeah well, i wasn't on my i was on speakerphone i was just holding yeah it. just to you clarify to yeah you weren't on your phone <laughs> yeah you're allowed to be on speakerphone aren't you yeah yeah i hope all okay. right I'm just not supposed to be holding it up <laughs> all right matt do you want to kick this off okay now that that's yeah, we can we can get into some hockey. So, um, just before we get into what's kind of your current situation going on with hockey, and um, I know you're in Europe for a bit, and what's it looking like? Yeah, as of right now, yeah, I got back from Europe about a month and a half ago. I was uh, over in Finland, playing uh, in the Mestis League there. Um, got about six exhibition games in, and then uh, decided to come back home due to COVID-related issues. So. Um, just back in uh, Guelph, Ontario now, um, skating, working out, just uh, trying to stay ready for um, the next opportunity. I think you should also uh, pick a bone with elite prospects because it doesn't say you went to Europe. Oh, really? Yeah. Did it off? If they're exhibition, <laughs> they must have not counted it. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they should. I had to play a regular season game, but... Uh, when I went over, I looked and it was up there. And then since I've come back, I haven't looked again. So they must have gassed it from me. Right. That's all right. That's a oh. steal. How oh, long were you over there? Yeah. So um, we we just talked about today that you noticed that uh, we had on Adam Brady. Um, yeah. Cool, I guess he has like uh, such a such a story. Um, and so talk about growing up with him and playing minor hockey with him. Obviously, you were pretty close to him. Yeah, yeah, Braids is a great guy. He's a warrior. He's uh he's been through a lot and uh one of the hardest working guys that I know. Um played well, I knew him growing up. He played uh he's a ninety five, I'm a ninety six, so we would uh skate together in the summers and he'd obviously play in the year up. But uh when I was in minor Bantam I played up here with him for the year and uh yeah, it was uh it was a great season and you know, getting a first hand look at how he plays and the season he's a warrior, competes hard. Um, watching him go up through, you know, junior B, junior A, USHL, D1, and now I'm sure he's going to have a great pro career. He's, uh, he's been through a lot and, uh, he's a great kid, got a great family and, uh, big thing 
for him in the future. Yeah, he's a great guy. So yeah. kind of, it was just a question that kind of popped in my head. So, um, so since you went D1, were you always kind of thinking OHL or was D1 in the picture as well for you? Or did you have like anything in mind? Um, so for me, I went to uh, grade 10 and half of grade 11. I went to the Hill Academy in oh. Vaughan. And uh, at the Hill Academy, a lot of kids um, are making that decision, whether it's OHL or, or NCAA. And, you know, like pretty much every kid who's playing uh, AAA or double A's, you know, I'm um, thinking about that decision. And um, for me, I not much of an academic guy myself. So I always lean towards the OHL. I definitely thought about it. Um, my brother, Justin actually went uh, to Mercier's for a couple years on a D1 scholarship. So, you know, I, I definitely looked at that road, but yeah. I thought that uh, the OHL would best fit my game and uh, I'm happy with my decision by going there. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah. Now I'll definitely get yeah. into that a little bit more, but let's jump right at the beginning where uh, you had your minor hockey experience in Brantford where it all kind of started. Yeah. Yeah. Brantford's a good spot. They've, uh, they've produced some good players. Um, I'm sure you guys know Wayne Gretzky. Oh yeah. Comes no, from, uh, comes from, ring <laughs> <laughs> comes from Brantford. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a great city. Um, like I said, both my brothers played, uh, Brantford minor. So, um, you know, like most Canadian families, we spent pretty much every night at the rink. Um, Brantford was good to me. I had a good time there. I was, uh, all the way up till major Bantam. I played up here, major Bantam, and then, decided to leave and go to Welland and then uh, finished minor hockey in Vaughn. But Brantford was good to me. Obviously, like you guys, you play and uh, make your meet your best buddies and become lifelong friends. And, uh, yeah, Brantford was a lot of fun. Why the heck did you go to Welland? Um, I was playing up here, and uh, I was contacted by Welland. My brother Mike was going to Ridley College at the time and, uh, in St. Catharines. So I was going out to a couple skates there, and um, – there was a coach well at the time, Tyler Bilby, and they recruited a couple of guys from around Ontario and quickly had a really good squad. And um, there's a couple of kids from Brantford that were already commuting out that way. So um, I thought it'd be a good opportunity for me to, you know, kind of get a change of scenery and, um, you know, kind of get put into a different situation. Um, and it was a great season. It was one of the, you know, most fun seasons I've had. Met a lot of new guys. Um, the travel after school is a bit tough. We'd have to drive about an hour and 15 every day after after high school but um that aside it was a great experience and um i'm pretty fortunate my parents were able to allow me to do that cool yeah. and were you ripping it up at the old gretzky barn or, or how when was yeah have you, guys played at the, have you guys played at the gretzky the new one yeah but i remember vaguely remember being at the old one the old one was so character the blue rink is like if you had a game yeah. at the blue rink you thought you were playing in the cops coliseum or like Oh, you're really? playing at the Bell Center. Like we thought as kids that it was just the best. But uh character old barn. Um since they've they've torn it down since and built a beautiful rink. But yeah, we had some time, some uh some good time for the old Gretzky Center. Now you definitely climbed the ranks pretty quick, uh, through your your minor hockey experience. Uh and you ended up going to the OHL draft and what what was that like and obviously going in the going to Guelph but uh that was would have been an experience for sure yeah yeah I was uh looking back now it's it's not as big of a deal than in the moment in the moment you think this is like you know my hockey career is coming to a head 
Yeah. And looking back now, um, it's, it's just another day. Um, for me, I was pretty stressed out. Obviously I wanted to go as high as possible, but, uh, you know, you just got to realize there's nothing you can do in the moment. You just got to sit and wait. So I was pretty stressed, but, uh, I had my family around me and, uh, you know, kept refreshing the, uh, the internet. And when I saw, I actually got a call first from Mike Kelly. Um, he was the GM at the time and he's like, Hey, if we draft you in the fifth, will you report? And I'm like, absolutely. I'd be honored. So hung up the phone, saw the pick, uh, I don't know, maybe five, 10 minutes later and ended up hopping in the car, drove to Guelph, met the staff, got the Jersey and a hat and, uh, was on my way. So it was a great experience. And, but looking back now, like just it doesn't day. really matter that much. It's just another day. It really depends on what you do after. And yeah. Um, so, but it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And were you um, expecting to play that year? Were you expecting to be a high draft pick? And were you were you going into that camp making trying to make the Guelph team, or were you kind of thinking, okay, I'm I'm going to try to be a call up, which you ended up doing. But were you kind of aiming for that call up role, like expecting I'm not going to make it, or were you kind of expecting to have a shot? Um, I think I set my expectations pretty high for myself. Obviously, I think that if you're going to go to camp, I think everyone's mindset set should be you're going to make the team. And uh, so that was definitely my mindset going in. I had hoped to make a good enough impression to earn a spot full time. And um, we had a pretty good uh, draft that year with Robbie Fabry being our first round guy. So um, and I think Kyle Locke was our second round. He's a defenseman, but um, Guelph was a really good squad at the, t- at the time. So, you know, I, I wasn't surprised that I wasn't a full-time guy right away. But uh, my expectation was, yeah, that I was going to try and go in and, and make it. But, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. So I was able to uh, go down and play in Stouffville for, I think, 21 games. My brother Mike was in Stouffville at the time. So we had a little bit of the uh, Bash Bro action going on down there and <laughs> roughing up the OJHL. So sure. um, at the time, I was upset to leave Guelph and not make it full-time as a 16-year-old. But um, looking back now, is it? pretty sweet experience to be able to play junior with my bro yeah that would have been awesome and i guess kind of segueing to the next question yeah. um you definitely you, you've made your mark and uh you know we have to ask because we had um mcfadden on the on the podcast as well so how was your experience okay. playing with him and obviously um it was an amazing year you know, yeah having that amazing year what was that kind of like and just kind of run me through what you were thinking and the whole kind of scenario yeah, it was uh, it was a special year. I think off that team, the year we won it, there's about I'm just guessing right now, maybe like eight or nine guys that have played in the NHL by now. So yeah, it was a pretty uh, pretty stacked lineup. Um, there's a few guys, Garrett, myself, and a couple others who are the younger guys, obviously in and out of the lineup, and just watching in awe at uh, the top three, four lines and the top sixty, what they could do with theirs. Uh, it was one of those years where. Uh, Obviously, you wanted to play every game, but that just wasn't reality in another lineup and um, had to take a step back and just watch and, and learn from those guys. Uh, some pretty special players. Um, pretty fortunate to be able to win that year. Um, but, you know, it was your first taste of the OHL to be on a, on a stacked team like that and uh, yeah. be able to, you know, win the ultimate goal of, of the championship and then fall a bit short in the Mem Cup. But still, it was a special year to uh, – you know, to watch those guys and learn from them every day of practice and uh, during the games. Oh, completely unrelated point. 
Just now, as Nate asked you that question, I decided to check out your brothers. How come it says you're from Turkey Point? So we've always had the cottage down in Turkey Point, and uh, born and raised in Brantford, played in Brantford. But every summer, we'd spend summers in Turkey Point ever since I can remember. So um, I don't know, elite prospects, some say Turkey Point, some say Brantford, but Right now, Turkey Point's home base, so maybe that's the confusion. But, um, you know, Holmes, Brantford, or Turkey Point, it's, uh, they're both considered home to me. That's not a Is bad that where you are right now, in Turkey Point? I'm in Guelph right now. Um, my parents are down in Turkey Point. Uh, got like a little summer home down at the lake, and that's where we spend our summer. So that's where they are right now. But um, I'm in Guelph right now. But, yeah, both are, I think, it's like 45 minutes from Brantford to Turkey Point, so it's really close just on Lake Erie. But yeah, that's the confusion there, I guess. Well, jump, jump in the second year. Um, obviously, trying to play a bigger role. You obviously played in every game I think you could that year. Yeah. Which, even playing 43 games on that team is impressive enough. That is, the team is so, so crazy how good they yeah. were. Um, but r- wrapping up a good 77 penalty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was trying was to do that? what I can out there. Just uh, there were some tough guys in that team as well. They uh, they obviously could take care of themselves, but I was just a young guy, just trying to do what I can out there and play hard. Um, I mean, I think that was the year that I think there were still unlimited fights in the league. And not saying I fought much, maybe like three or four a year, but um, there were some pretty tough guys in the league. So I definitely tried to you know keep my head up and kind of steer clear from them, but. Um, I think a fourth line role where guys are, you know, energy type players that uh, you're bound to get a couple penalty minutes here and there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then so you weren't afraid to scrap it up. Like you were pretty uh, aggressive player, you would say, or? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I definitely don't go out there looking for it, but uh, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm uh, definitely one who's willing to answer the bell. Um, some of those enforcers who are, you know, the night before the game, you know, already in their mind knowing they're fighting so-and-so i don't think i could do that i think that uh yeah those are different kind of animals the stress and you know the it's just got to be spontaneous just, just to know that they're fighting i think that'd be pretty stressful but uh, uh for me uh just from the fights that i've had uh, most were just like you know just in the moment Back felt up. like the right time and uh yeah i went from there so it was fun Cool. And then your third year, you did pretty well being an assistant captain. That's a, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Definitely, like I said, learning from the guys who were there before me. Such great captains. Matt Finn was the captain, and then uh, Jason Dickinson was the captain. Um, a lot of good assistants, Bertuzzi, oh, uh, Fabry. So Matt there was uh, – Oh, good. Yeah, he was a special player. And then they obviously had guys like uh, Brock McGinn, who's close to Guelph, and Cosmic Chuck and Zach Mitchell. So just learning from those guys, watching them wear the letter before me um, to get the honor of the coaching staff putting a letter on myself. Obviously, I was floored. Um, I was pretty excited. And uh, we didn't have the best year statistically that year. I think we were, I think we were bottom five in the CHL. So oh, it was yeah. definitely a rebuild year for the Guelph Storm. But uh, – but still, it was a great honor to wear the letter for Guelph. I loved it. Sure. Brock McGinn, obviously from Guelph, nasty. You got to help us get him on the podcast. He's, <laughs> he's a yeah. Nate and keep playing Hurricanes. Oh yeah. I can put a word in, but uh, I'm sure he's a busy guy. But he's a great down to earth guy. So uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, we, we haven't had a current NHL run. It's harder than you think because uh, you have to go through their team PR and stuff like that, even just to get oh, over. Really? Yeah, like, well, with the Leafs guys, at least, like, um, yeah. skate, like the AHL, even uh, in the, if they, I had a guy I skate with in the summer and Hoffenmeyer, and he's with the Marlies, and I talked to him. He's like, yeah, like, I'd love to come on, but I have to, like, I have to check with my PR, like, the Marlies PR really? team for that before I can come on, or else, like, I'll get in a lot of trouble. Wow, I guess that makes sense, but never really thought of that. Yeah, who knows with Carolina, but we'll, yeah. we'll keep you. We'll keep you to that. <laughs> All right. So, um, before we get into OUA, and um, this is this isn't a stat on elite prospects. So, thankfully, I creeped your Instagram for the pod, uh, podcast. <laughs> um, you went to the LA Kings camp twice, yeah. three times. Uh, uh, just the one time. Just once. Oh, one time, two posts. Respect, respect. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> What was that like? Like, how awesome is that? Finally, like, um, getting an invite to an NHL camp. How cool was that? Yeah, it was great. Um, so in the OHL, um, you go to your OHL training camps, and about two weeks in, all the NHL draft picks and prospects leave the OHL camps to go to their NHL teams and go to their camps. So um, through my time in Guelph, I'd always see the prospects and, and draft picks going off to camp, and I was like, wow, like that's the pinnacle right there one day to be able to get an invite and, and go show my stuff and, you know, be in that atmosphere um, is obviously what every kid dreams of. So um, to get the call, uh, my agent called me the one day and said, you know, LA's interested in having you at camp. What do you think? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So um, to get to LA, obviously the warm weather doesn't suck. <laughs> Definitely a good spot free, for it. Isn't that a free and trip then, to LA? Exactly. Yeah. Free trip to LA. So not a bad deal. Um, pretty excited. Yeah, so it was fun. Um, it was a really good camp there. I've heard a lot of NHL camps are, like, really, like, they're baggers. Like, they do on-ice fitness testing, off-ice testing. Every day you're, like, going for runs, going for hikes, this and that. L.A. was really uh, – it was it was really specific to development, which was nice. They didn't really, like, beat the wheels off us. It was more, like, specific skill sets, specific things, uh, three-on-three scrimmages, four-on-four scrimmages. So I really think that I gained a lot from it. Um, obviously fortunate to be able to get the invite, but um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Yeah, I bet. Now, what was your decision to go to OUA or to go to university? Were you just ready to move on at that point? Time out, Keith. Yeah, so... No. <laughs> said Just just to clarify, OUA is overage. I should have specified. Um, so, what was your decision like between going to your overage season and OUA? Oh, I, I thought that was a yeah. typo. My bad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I ended up uh, going, I guess, considered early to the OUA. Um, when I was in Guelph, my last year wearing the letter, I had a knee injury. So I ended up missing, I think it was exactly half the season. I think I missed 34, what is it, 68 games. So I missed 34 games. And uh, when I came back, you know, I kind of was one of the older guys now, obviously. And there was a young crop of guys coming in. And uh, the tides were turning where they were going to the younger guys as they should. You know, there was a good uh, young group of guys. And, um, you know, I was faced with the decision where if, if I wanted to stay on and be a utility guy and, uh, you know, maybe not get as much ice time as I'd hope or, you know, make the step to the OUA and get opportunity to get power play time, you know, be a top six forward and get playing time. Right. So I had to talk with my family and with my agent and uh, I thought it was the best decision for me to move on and, um and going a bit early to the OUA, get a little step on the 96s and, and uh, see what I can do in that league. And, and honestly, looking back, I think that was 
one of the best decisions I've made in hockey so far was was uh, making that step to go in and, and miss my overage year. So pretty grateful that I did that. Did you find a big difference no, you... between yeah. between the O and the OUA? Um, not so much. I think the OUA is getting a lot better. I think that it got a bad rap like, you know, 10 years ago. It was not really getting the best rap. But uh, if you look now, I think when I was in there, there was guys that came back from the AHL, guys that came back from the ECHL, guys on NHL contracts had come back. So the league's really good, I'd say. In the OHL, you know, your top three forwards are going to be, you know, those top-end, high-end skill where, you know, they can toe-drag you and put a bar down from anywhere on the ice, right? Like, they're yeah. elite players. You might not have that high-end of skill, but there's definitely men in the OUA. You know, they're mature, big, strong. The speed's there, but uh, in the OUA, every guy's finishing their check, so you got to have your head up in the OHL. It might be a bit more perimeter and, uh, you know, a bit more... Um, not zone, but, you know, everyone's playing their position to a T where in the OUA, it's a bit more run and gun and big, strong guys. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest difference, but um, I think that the OUA hockey is, is, is pretty high end these days. So interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go Nate? Or you yeah. I mean, I was just kind of touch on like now, like with that being said, like, did you find that you could probably kind of take over, the team a little bit more like could you find like taking the knowledge from your like ohl kind of stuff like do you like could you find that you could you know teach other players from guelph or kind of like what was your transfer that skill basically yeah i mean a lot of guys um who who go through the ohl and don't end up going pro go to the ohl so there's a lot of those guys that are there it's just you know not the highest end guys who are who have already moved on to the ohl so it wasn't so much me, you know, teaching them, you know, I was definitely still learning from those older guys that were there. I was fortunate enough that uh, my brother, Mike, who I played with in Stouffville was already in Guelph. That was, you know, one of the big reasons why I decided to stay in Guelph was to play with him again. So he was, he was uh, already at U of G and he uh, took me under his wing again and uh, moved into his house for a bit. And um, yeah, it wasn't so much, you know, teaching them anything. I was definitely learning a lot from them. We had uh, some good players in that team as well. Uh, Josh McFadden come back from San Antonio. He was on an NHL deal with Florida. Nope. Um, you know, uh, Scott Simmons was, uh, I think he went to Pittsburgh camp a handful of times. You know, there's some really good players. So, um, yeah, everyone was just a good atmosphere where guys still wanted to move on to the next level. It wasn't where showing up to the rink and just dicking around. It was, uh, it was pretty, you know, a good atmosphere and, um, guys wanted to get better. So it made it for, made for a good season. Mm. You had you had more success at the university level than the OHL point wise, at least. Yeah. Was that something that you came in aim like obviously you want to get the points, but was that did you have a bit of a different mindset? Like I'm I'm ready to play this top role at the university because like you said, it's a very high level. It's um, more mature necessarily in the OHL. You don't have those top like exactly what you said. It's a very good league, and you had more more success in it. And was that something that you kind of came in with a different mindset on? Yeah, definitely. My mindset was was definitely in a better place going to the OUA. Um, definitely had more belief in myself, and I, I like you know any athlete would say confidence is the key, right? So definitely thought I had a lot more confidence at that level. Um, Sean Camp and uh, Chris Clancy and Justin, my other brother Justin, um, they obviously gave me a bit more of a leash to go out and do my thing out there instead of you know one turnover and being on the riding the pine. You know, I could uh, make a turnover and, and be out the next shift still doing my thing. So 
a leash definitely helped me a lot. But um, yeah, I think I got some good power play time. I was playing top six minutes. So um, with the opportunity, obviously came a bit more offensive output. Um, but going back to the initial question, yeah, I think mindset was definitely a better place. And I definitely had more confidence in myself, which, uh, which led to a better season. And your final year was awesome where you went, you basically, you won it all. And how special was that role? Like that run? That was crazy. Um, so yeah, we, we went through a lot that year. Um, well, it was just last year. So we, uh, we had a really good team. We had good depth. I think we had like 10, 10 rookies on the team around 10. Oh, and, really? uh, we had a really, we had a really young team, but Guelph's, you know, is known for our grit. So, so we, you know, my brother, Justin and Sean camp take care of the recruiting and, uh, they recruit well. And, um, the guys that we brought in the rookies, it's not like in the old where the rookies need to be babied and, and, uh, you know, like they're dipping their foot in the water. These rookies come in and they're impact players right away. So, um, it helped our depth a lot. We had uh, some ups and downs in the season, obviously, but, um, our playoff run was pretty special. Um, I think we lost our top three centers due to injury and, and guys leaving and, um, somehow found a way the boys dug deep and, like I said, that depth really kicked in. It was a next man up mentality, and I think it was triple overtime that win. It was uh, kind of blacked out, but it was <laughs> yeah, it was pretty special. It's crazy. I don't know, Matt. Like, Matt put this in yeah. the uh, for the question. I, I don't know how to completely ask it, but yeah. did you have some good partying after the OUA championship? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Uh, <laughs> Well, we got the trophy with two handles, and when we gave it back, it had no handles. So the boys were uh, <laughs> we were having some fun. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was a good time. It was just before COVID hit, so we were fortunate enough to be able to get the playoffs in, right? So yeah. um, some of the last, you know, bar nights that I can remember, or you know, nights with the boys, is you know that win right there. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely gonna be fun. a memory forever. That's that's awesome. And yeah, um, big time. when did COVID cut you guys off? Were you guys still limit? Were you guys eliminated yet, or were you still going? So we we flew out to Halifax. Um, we were in Halifax. I forget the day, but uh, we had a game the same day as the I forget the basketball player's name, but he had got confirmed COVID. So when that was the day I think. Yeah, that guy. So that was the same day that that you know, social media started to take off. Seasons were starting to be canceled. Leagues were starting to drop out. And we had a game that night against uh, St. Mary's. So all the boys were kind of, you know, talking amongst each other, like, is this game going to happen? What's going to go on? And we ended up playing the game. Uh, we lost, I think it was 4-2 or 4-1. We lost the game and it's single single game elimination in uh, at Nationals for you sports and um, we come in the room after the game and coach is like, well, you know, tough loss, but just so you guys know, the term's officially canceled now. So <laughs> what um, a good like, loss. <laughs> like we, we literally walked in as we're like walking down the tunnel, you could hear like the media speaking about like how the, how the tournament's been canceled. So we're like, well, there's pros and cons. Obviously it sucks to lose, but it's also nice to get that, uh, that finishing note on the, on, you know, our team season in my OUA career where, you know, in the back of your head, you always could have thought maybe we could have won nationals that year, right? But yeah. uh, it was kind of nice to get the closure where, you know, we, we, you know, fought our hardest and came up short, but still pretty happy to get the game in and just to get the closure. 
So um, I, I'm assuming it was your plan the whole time to take a shot at Europe or start in Europe or maybe the East Coast at AHL, right? Everyone, yeah. End goal NHL. Um, so how did that kind of play out? And obviously, you only played six exhibition uh, games out there, but how did that play out? And how did that end up? Yeah, so a lot of guys, obviously, you know, when you finish up your OHL season, NCAA season, or U Sports season, um, the goal is to go, you know, to pro right away. So with COVID last year affecting everyone, obviously going to the AHL or East Coast wasn't an option. So most guys will go and get that pro experience right after the season's done. And it helps going into your contract year and next year where, you know, you have pro experience, they can, teams can have something to read off of and, and you go from there. So that was kind of a stinger for most graduates where we, we couldn't have the opportunity to go and show our worth right away at pro. So for myself, um, this summer is obviously weird for every hockey player, not my, just myself. Um, was kind of just waiting to hear from my agent and um, you know, my coaches were obviously reaching out to teams and doing what they can. And um, Europe was always a big interest to me. Um, I had a lot of friends that have went over in the past and, and enjoyed it and done well. Um, so I was definitely open to it. Um, got a call one day about, um, about a team in Finland and what was going on here in North America. I knew that the AHL and East coast wasn't started for some time. So in my mind, it was, you know, best case scenario, go there, have fun, light it up and, and stay for the year. Worst case scenario, go there for a couple of months. You know, it's not what you expected. Pay's not there or, or COVID starts to affect it and, and you come back yeah. with still time for the, for the North American pro to start. So that was kind of my mindset going in. Um, I'm happy I went to Finland. It was definitely a good experience. Got to play some good teams. We played against a KHL team, two Liga teams. Um, two, we played the national um, world junior team and oh. then uh, one Mestis team. So it's a good experience. Um, but like I said, these, uh, these times are pretty unprecedented times. So sure. I had to come back and, uh, like I said, just, just wait for the next opportunity or the next venture. This is something that we're, we're wrapping up here. There's only a couple more questions. And, um, this is something that we, I had to ask you about on the ice and the difference in the style of hockey and, um, cause you hear about it, but you know, I mean, people say it's so much different and not so much different, but it's a uh, less physical, more no dumping the puck in, but it's, it's nice to actually ask you about it and be able to talk about it. Cause this was just a couple months ago. And so what's the hockey style like compared to up around here? It's fast. It's uh it's really high skill and, and lots of speed. Um, they want you going North at all times with the puck. Um, you know, if you're, if you're on the breakout or you're coming through the neutral zone, they don't want you hesitating, looking, they want you just just wheeling as quick as you can. Um, there was literally like 15 buzz saws out there. These little Finnish guys just flying around. <laughs> so definitely opened my eyes. I'm I'm more used to uh, like a two way forward kind of game where where I don't slow the game down, but you know I like to finish my checks and yeah and uh, and play it. not necessarily a slower style of game, but definitely not 100 miles an hour like yeah. these guys. Yeah. So. It definitely opened up my eyes. Practices um, in North America, you know, you're bound to get a, at least a battle a battle drill or, you know, a one-on-one type drill there. It's, it's all flow, all speed. Oh, I would hate that. And, oh. Uh, oh, yeah, so it was it was a big change. I like the intensity, the battle and practice with the team, like amongst your own team, like giving a guy a whack or getting a whack yeah. and then going in the room after and giving knuckles. Like, I think that's what it's all about, so. Obviously, there's a lot of good players coming out of Finland and, and Europe, and what they're doing over there is great things. So, 
I don't think there's, you know, any game that's better. It's just definitely a lot different. Yeah. Uh, I'm not over that. I couldn't do the flow drill all practice. <laughs> I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a flow drill guy. I, I like, like, just like you, I, I'd rather battle and dump in the corner one-on-ones and stuff like that. It's a lot more, more fun. Yeah, of course. Well, I think that's a good, that was a perfect way to wrap this up. And uh, usually we ask what's next, but as you mentioned, there's not really any certainty what's, what's next for everyone. But we definitely hope, we hope an opportunity comes up soon that's most beneficial for you there. Thanks a lot, boys. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, best of luck to you guys in the podcast. Um, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on you guys as well. So Perfect. Uh, Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good talking to you. Thanks. All right, boys. Take care. Bye. You too. Thanks. See you.